Welcome to the CineScare Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Matt Speak. And I am also one of your hosts, Joe Jans. And with us, as always, is the, what did you call it, Joe? The Cacophony of Chaos, Mr. Mark Biscady. Super, yes, the super <laughs> fan. Um, <laughs> the Cacophony of Chaos. Uh, although this time I was the one causing chaos uh, in our pre-show ritual. But uh, Yay! It is yeah. a ritual. It is because we can't escape it. But it wasn't me. Nothing but testicles. No, it wasn't you this time. Constant testicle problems. Sexy, and I have a wonderful voice. Well, you have a voice, (laughs) and and uh, sparkling, sparkling eyes too. By the way, as we learned from our last, yeah, our last episode. Yeah, we learned something new about the super fan every episode, and it's stuff we really didn't need to know. No, but I'm glad I do. Yeah. yeah, didn't need to know. Glad oh. we do. Oh, yeah. and Joe, uh, uh, when you uh, went to uh, the movie theater for uh, Friday Thirteenth uh, Part Eight, Jason Takes Manhattan, uh, I believe her name was Amy. That is correct. The girl that said that my eyes sparkled with the movie light and all that. Her name was Amy. Also, maybe it was the same girl. No, <laughs> was she yeah. curly redhead? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Swap spit. <laughs> Joe, did you notice the skinny guy on the other side of, of the girl? <laughs> I was wondering why I had to buy three tickets. It was really weird. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, man. All right. Well, this time we are back, and we have a theme that was actually a pretty short one. So, Is it uh, a theme of uh, us uh, being uh, asshole friends? Oh, yeah. Oh, that's the other thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We forgot. And I almost forgot once again. Like, literally almost forgot again. Yeah, you almost forgot again. I am just stymied that you guys know my middle name. You know the name of the girl that I took to go see Friday the 13th. But you can't remember my birthday. (laughs) Yeah, I know. It's awful. it's, It's not like I didn't spend countless hours Photoshopping to your enjoyment for your birthdays. God and not to mention, God. on top of that, sending you guys gifts for today's theme. This is awful. This is actually I, this awful. Is bad. I dub these assholes. Yeah, we are a couple assholes. There's no, no way of getting around it. I'm sorry, Joe, but from the bottom of my heart, deep down in there. In the cockles so, of your heart? I, I'm so glad you were born four days ago. <laughs> 49, well, 49 years, years ago. ago and four days, yeah. Right. Um, <sighs> and uh, I really wish that Facebook... You know, this is I blame Facebook for this, Joe, because I really it's, depend on Facebook uh, to remind Zuckerberg's me of these things. Fault. Notifications. Yeah. And, yeah. and now we're getting... Uh, now all I get is notifications for, for pages I don't even follow, and my feed is full of nothing but just articles that I don't want to read and, and ads and stuff, and so... I and as a result, I'm on Facebook much less now. So I probably just wasn't on there the day of your birthday at all. I Matt, I'll I'll probably Matt, end up just making a website. Because, Matt, it's even worse. It's because Joe like wished us both a happy birthday because yours is August sixth, my birthday is August seventh, and he made like a little thing for us and. Yeah. We just completely forgot. We're assholes. Yep. But We're assholes. I promise you, uh, Joe, next year. Next year. 
you'll get a good, good, and we didn't even text him. God damn it. We didn't even text, and that's why Joe wasn't texting us all this time for like the past couple of no. days. And you sure. know that that he did day. It. He, did, that, he did a text in the oh, Sinisterre text. Right. And you know that day we were texting about something. Oh my so, God, that's right. Actually, what? Matt, you sent me a text on my birthday that was like, hey, have you ever heard of this recording artist? You should listen to it. It's a really good song. Oh. And I yeah. got it while I was driving home. I'm like, oh, it's Matt. Wish me a happy birthday. No, ain't eh, wrong. God damn it. Was that <laughs> Friday was your birthday then? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. We didn't hear from him since. And to yeah, make no, it, we well, didn't hear from to him make it, Well, to make things worse, my wife threw me a surprise birthday party the very next day. Totally caught me off guard. Oh. Well, how does that make matters worse? Well, because not only did she remember my birthday, but threw a huge party with... Lots of my friends that were here locally and other other people celebrated my birthday. This is my bad, man. You know what? I was celebrating in spirit, Joe. Mm. I'm sure you were. In spirit. Well, let's let's not belabor this any further. I mean, it's it's clear, you know, both assholes. I get it, but let's we can move on. So so speaking of moving on, let's. Do you guys both have the gifts that I sent you? We do. Yes. Yes. Okay, because I think now would be a wonderful time for you <laughs> just, guys to open those up. Just put, put, just drive just the dagger a, in even it's, more. It's, it's a bunch of salt in there to pour on the open wound of you forgetting oh, my birthday. Brutal, uh, brutal. So go I've ahead, let's right open here. them up. You, I've got this package uh, that Joe sent me, and, and he sent one exactly like it to Mark. Um, it's got my address on it. <laughs> you know the people at home can't see this. Oh uh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, that's a smart um, move. And Joe spent nine dollars eighty five cents in postage for this package too, by the way. Oh yeah, seven dollars and ninety five cents for me. Oh, he cared a little bit more about mine. Do well, we you're really farther open this away right now. Yeah, go ahead. All right, here we go. On the count of three. Un, deux, trois. One, two, three. And we are opening, opening the packaging. <laughs> it's a T-shirt. <laughs> yes. Gizzy is the Gizzy shizzy. is the shizzy. <laughs> that is awesome. <laughs> that is awesome. Oh wait, why am I showing? Yeah, this nobody can. Yeah, nobody can see that. You need to use <laughs> your words and describe it. So, so it's a cute, it's a cute gizmo. Um, yep. sitting with this plump. Uh, Plump ass on a shirt. It, it, it's great. Thank yeah, it you, says, Joe. It says, Gizzy is the shizzy. the shizzy. I love it. I love it. Thank you, Joe. Just walking through really? a store and saw those and was like, oh, my God, that's so absolutely perfect for this. Re- really, this is your birthday, so you should, we should be giving you the yeah. gifts. But thank <laughs> we, you. We've anyway. already established that you forgot. So, yeah, what we're moving on. Yeah. rub it in. Wow. <laughs> oh, that thank sucks. you, Joe. But thank you, Joe. I appreciate oh. it. You're very uh, welcome. And I will wear that T-shirt with pride and in celebration of, of you. All things, Joe. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, and <clears throat> so anyway, we, we do have a theme tonight, and that is uh, what we're here for. But I know that the, we only had two movies for this theme because it was Gremlins franchise. So that left us open to be able to watch a lot of other things, including get caught up on 2021 movies that we hadn't seen yet, which I did watch several, especially in the last few days. Uh, so I don't know. Talk a little bit about um, 
what we watched. Joe, what did you watch this last couple of I, I followed suit. I watched eight films from 2021. Wow. Uh, I... Boy, I don't even know where to start. There's so many of them. Uh, one that I watched that i uh, very intrigued with is called My Heart Can't Beat Unless You Tell It To. Uh, very, very odd take on uh, the realistic story, I guess, of current times living with a vampire. It's about a brother yeah, and I saw, sister. I, I did look at the trailer for this because we were thinking about watching it, but we... we decided on something else, but I, I want to get to that one. There's a older, I'm not going to spoil anything. This is just the general synopsis, a, a older brother and sister that live together with their younger brother, the younger brother, they never really say in the movie that he's a vampire, but he does have, uh, he needs to ingest blood. Uh, and he's very sick and very frail. And the older siblings, their whole lot in life is basically to try to find people that society won't miss and take them and drain their blood so they can keep their brother alive. Uh, very, very interesting modern day spin on this. I, I really like that one. You want me to what, keep going or and, are we going and, Yeah, just go through yours and then Mark can go through his. Um, okay. what, and what was that one called again, Joe? My heart can't beat unless you tell it to. Okay. Yeah. Uh, my next one was the boy behind the door, which I absolutely loved. It was tense. It was suspenseful. It's definitely going to be in my top five, at least as I, of right now. Okay. I watched this as well, and I I do find it interesting that you liked this one, uh, but go ahead and talk about it. I mean, I uh, I, I liked it. I didn't love it, but I liked it. Um, but I, I, I thought that when I was done, I thought Joe's not going to like this movie, But and I'll tell you why after you talk about it. <laughs> okay. Um, no, it, it was about these uh, two boys that get abducted. And I, I don't want to say any more than that. Two boys get abducted. They're about 12 years old. And uh, it's it's one boy's journey to try to escape and save his friend, not leave him behind. It reminded me a little bit of that movie we watched last year called Alone about the the woman. Remember the woman oh, who was yeah. driving and she winds up getting kidnapped and having right. trying to escape and all that. Very, It was that kind of tension. Yeah, and that's why I love this. It was very tense. I got really into the movie. I mean, I'm watching it, and I'm this boy's creeping through this house, like trying to slink from one room to the next. And I'm like pointing at the screen. I'm yelling. At him, I'm like, "Don't open that door! Don't go!" And I never do that. So I, I got really into this one. It sucked me in pretty quick. I loved it. So that's the boy behind the door. Yeah, I'm going to talk about it too. So, and I'll tell you when I talk about my issues with it, I'll I'll tell you why I thought that you weren't going to like it. But okay, I'm glad you did because I I, I did like it. But yeah. go ahead. Uh, next, I watched George Romero's The Amusement Park, which I did not like. Wait, what? There was a movie George Romero Amusement Park. Yeah, they unearthed. He was hired by some. A group of like activists for the elderly, I think, back in the 70s to make a movie to try to illustrate um, their struggles in current society. And he chose to make this uh, movie about an old guy who's trying to visit this amusement park. And it's just so drenched in symbolism that it's so uh, it's it's kind of what threw me away from it. I didn't really care for it. It's only fifty four minutes long. I actually watched it just last night. But did he direct it? it? 
Yeah, he he wrote it, he directed it, he and then when this group that had hired him saw what it was, they hated it, so they never released it. But then I guess a couple of years ago somebody unearthed the original video and they brought it out. And so it's just now being released this year. Actually, it's been a few months, but um but yeah, George Romero movie, The Amusement Park. Okay. Uh next was Lucky which I also liked. It's a uh, suburban woman fights to believe or fights to be believed as she finds herself stalked by a threatening figure who returns to her house night after night, trying to kill her. And, uh, it's every day she, she escapes this faceless being that's trying to kill her. And just as she swarts thwarts, I should say, uh, his attempts, she goes to call the cops and every time she turns around disappears very next day, same thing happens. And it's about a woman's struggle in society. But so again, more symbolism, but, um, that one was okay. I enjoyed it. Uh, next was censor, which I, I absolutely loved. Uh, it's about this woman over in Europe who, her job is to watch these horrible, horrific movies and censor them, decide what can stay and what can't. And she's on also my list. that's definitely okay. on. My, I mean, it's on my list to watch. I haven't seen yeah. it yet. Yeah, I saw that trailer, too. It's uh, she starts getting blamed for the stuff that she allows to go out in society and people are becoming copycat killers. And so they're kind of holding the censors to blame and. She ends up getting affected psychologically because of all the, the raw cuts of these films that these people are doing. And it starts to affect her quite a bit. So that one I highly recommend. That was called Censor. Next was Till Death with... I saw um, that. What's her name? Uh, Megan uh, Fox. Megan Fox. Um, it, it was good, especially for a Megan Fox movie. She's not oh, hard to yeah. look at. Um. It was uh, a nice little spin on a thriller. I'm not exactly 100% on board with the motivation for what all happened, but she wakes up one day uh, with a revenge plot from her formerly deceased husband, or recently deceased husband, I should say, handcuffed to the guy. And uh, there's people out to kill her, and the whole movie's about her trying to get away with a corpse handcuffed to her, her arm, so... Yeah, I, I, I watched that, too, because uh, you said, yeah, it seemed like you kind of liked it. So I, I watched it, and I was like, Megan Fox, she's not my favorite actress. She looks like a plastic doll. Um, and the only thing I think I remember her from is Jennifer's Body and Transformers. And uh, But, I mean, it, 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 it kind of reminded me of, like, Gerald's Game. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, it just she gets to uh, drag him around, you know, downstairs and upstairs and whatnot. Um, it it was okay, you know. I I mean, for a Megan Fox movie, for her to be in there, I I I I wasn't impressed with her acting. I thought it was okay. Um, I enjoyed uh, two protagonists that came in later into the film. That was that made it more exciting. Um, yeah, it 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 was okay. Um, if if you like that uh, Gerald's game, you know, being you know in a scenario where you're handcuffed, 
it's 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 not a bad film. It's not well, let me let me just say this. I when I saw Netflix and Megan Fox, I set my expectation meter really really low. Really low, yeah. And and I was I was pleasantly surprised. I mean, yeah. I didn't love it. I'm not raving about this film, yeah. but it exceeded my really low expectations. It did. It did. Yeah. Yeah. I that's one I've been kicking back and forth to watch or whatever, but I I I shouldn't be too hard on her because I really liked Gerald's or not Gerald's game um Jennifer's body. I I, I love mm-hmm. that movie. Um but so I mean it's not like everything I've seen her in has been horrible, but she's generally not that great. Uh and it, she was perfect for the part in Jennifer's body, but Yeah. So yeah, I'll I'll, I'll definitely check that out. Uh my last two are Jacob's wife, which Matt and I argued about over text message, um, it's a vampire film, kind of low budget, not I my watched style. It too. Yeah, I wasn't a fan. No, yeah, not I, a fan. I mean, I didn't think it was fantastic, but I, I, I liked how uh, campy it was and how um, I loved seeing uh, Barbara Crampton. Is that it? that's her name, right? Yeah, Barbara Crampton in it and. I like the the idea of having an older couple in the movie too. Reminded me a little bit of that movie from last year. I mean, it was a better movie. Uh, all, all something something for Jackson or something like that. Everything for Jackson. I can't remember. It was a Shutter movie. It was. I I loved that one. But this I I had a good time with it. I enjoyed it. Okay, my last one is called Gaia. G A I A. Yeah, I watched uh, that too. Yeah, it's about this uh, woman who I believe works for like a forest preserve who stumbles upon a man and his son that are like diehard uh, naturalists. Like they just completely live off the land in the middle of this forest. And there um, there are things that decide to come alive in the forest that sort of consume them and battle against them. I will say this, the special effects in this movie... I thought were gorgeous. Um, I some of the makeup effects I thought were gorgeous. I I think this Gaia was worth a watch, and I will say that now because when I initially finished watching it, I didn't really care for it. But the more I've gone back and let it sit in my brain, and I've sort of reanalyzed the whole thing, I I'm growing to like it a little bit more, quite a bit more actually. So that is called Gaia. And all these movies just came out this year. Nice. Uh, Mark, what did you watch this last couple of weeks? Um, I watched uh, Black Christmas 2019, not to oh, 2006. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, or uh, the 1970s Christmas, one. Uh, yeah, 1974 uh, version. Um, I actually really enjoyed the acting, uh, actually, with this. Um, it's... It goes way off base from what the other um, Black Christmases were. Um, it's got a little bit of like the cult with the fraternities and sororities. Um, I really like the acting with the, with the girls. Um, got a little bit of um, uh, satire with it. It goes completely off the rails uh, at the end of the film. So um, not a big fan of uh, that film. Yeah, I think I, w- I, I talked about that one when I saw it. I think it was last year, and it does it goes off the rails at the yeah. end. But I liked it up to a certain point. Like yeah. I was really into it while it was sort of a slasher, and they were 
you know, in the house trying to get away from whoever the killer was. Yeah. But then once it took that turn in the last act, it it just fell apart. Nuts. Yeah. It, it just it, and everything that was like happened before that was really, was really great with the acting with the girls and and whatnot. When it went absolutely batshit crazy, it's like. It, everything just fell apart, and you're just like, why did I even watch this film? It was, yeah, it, yeah, it, it, it was kind of a bummer. I, I, I liked it better than the 2006 version. I uh, did too. Ob- I obviously did too, not as, until not the as, end. Yeah, not as much as obviously this, the original, but yeah. yeah. Um, I have been watching Yellow Jackets, Matt. Oh yeah, and I love it. It's yeah. so good. It's a cross between of a series on Showtime. Um, it's got the feel of uh, the movie Alive. Remember uh, back in the early 90s with Ethan Hawke? And it's got the feel of Alive. It has the feel of a little bit of Hunger Games. It has... Lost. Lost, for sure lost, because um, it's in 1996 at the beginning, correct? And then... Um, you know, they have the 90s music or, or whatnot. Um, so it's it's basically about these uh, soccer girls, like you said, that go on a plane. You know, they're going for uh, uh, championships. They go on a plane. It crashes. But you have, like, uh, actors, actresses and actors uh, in 1996 um, on this mountain where the plane crashes and then adult versions uh, later on. And it is so fun to watch um it, it's got a little bit of cannibalism in it which i absolutely love um i i i can't express how much everybody needs to see this show right now it there is there isn't much of a horror element like you said matt for a while it but it just it's ramping it, up you can tell it's, it's ramping coming. up oh yeah, yeah. You, you can tell it's coming yeah, yeah. And it's so, so much fun to watch. Uh, who is that one girl? I should have wrote it down. Uh, the one girl who uh, is sleeping with uh, one of the, um, her best friend's uh, boyfriend. What is her name? I don't remember. You yeah. mean the actor's name or the character? Well, the, the actor's name or the character's yeah, name. Yeah, I don't, re- I don't She's remember. She's great. I yeah. love her. The I older love her. version or the younger? Both. The older, yeah, they're both, both good. Yeah, they're yeah, both good. Yeah, yeah. yeah, both of them are great. Yeah, but um, uh, Christina uh, Ricci's in it. Which yeah, is, she's great. She plays Misty. It's it's really a fun, fascinating uh, uh, series, and so thanks for that. And then um, the Ginger Dead Man, I watched. The Ginger Dead Man. You guys didn't watch it. No. You guys well, for one it. thing, for one thing, you texted us and told us how completely awful it was, not even worth watching. So you're not the best salesman. You know, on that I, one, Mark. you know, guys, I, I actually watch like films you tell me to watch, it, and I just say, you didn't hey. tell us to watch it. You no, said you it told was us awful. how bad it was. Yeah. Uh, In fact, you don't watch that many movies that we tell you to watch. <laughs> well, I do too. I do too. I, I watched, How many times have we said I watch watched this? Till how Death, many, Joe. I watched a Megan Fox film that Joe watched. Joe, how many and times? I how many times have we told him to watch a movie before the next show, and then the next show he just still hadn't watched it? Yeah, that happened a lot recently. What? <laughs> but go, go ahead. Tell what do you? What did you think of Gingerbread Dead Guy? Well, it sucks. <laughs> I mean, it, it's got Gary Busey in it. Uh, it's. 
it it was made for I don't even know how much it was made. It was it was, it was absolutely horrible. You know, you know, Joe is Matt Gary and I Busey like, love to watch movies that are so bad they're good. This movie's so bad it's not even good. It's just horrendous. I had to like my friend uh, Pete uh, told me to watch this movie. Can no, other actually, people see I, Pete? Huh? Can other people see Pete? No. no. So, no, actually, I said, hey, I'm going to watch Ginger Dead. Uh, and Pete says, oh, I'll watch it tonight. And he watched God it. God damn it, Joe. <laughs> and so Pete watched it that night, and I actually didn't watch it. And then the next day at work, he's going, Mark, it's like, you bastard. It's like, why do you tell me to watch this movie? Because he listens to the show. And I, I said, was it really bad? And he's like, yeah, yeah, it was really bad. So I watched it that night. It was so hard to get through. It's like, you know, there's better things to do with your life than to watch this film. Um, and and then, then Bert and Ernie come walking up and say, hey, who are you talking to, Mark? <laughs> I think you should say Pete in air quotes. <laughs> All right. What, what was the next one, Mark? <laughs> so... There's uh, Northland. Uh, 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 did you see the trailer for uh, the new uh, uh, Vikings movie? The Northman by uh, the Northman? Robert Eggers, the yes. director of did you The White House it? and The Witch. I have watched the trailer. Yeah, it looks I, fantastic. Yes. I'm a little nervous. I'm a little nervous with this because it looks a little too Hollywood uh, from his last two movies. It, just with the spear coming down, he catches it and he throws it back. I don't know. I, I just want him to do really independent films, like close structure. I don't. It just seemed a little too Hollywood for me. Joe, you're you're you seem up, upset. Like, no, I'm I'm just sitting back listening. Did He's, did it? Did the trailer not look a little too Hollywood? I I, I thought it looked good. Yeah, no, I, it looked good. It's I was just, entertained by it. I just I I don't I don't totally judge a movie on a market. You, Two minute you trailer. We're getting all excited about going to see Spider Man this weekend. Why do you care if Robert Eggers has a little bit of money to work with finally? I don't know because he's he's got two perfect films, so I don't want him. I, to, I, I don't he, want Hollywood to ruin him. You know? And what are not going to be ruined? Have you what ever are those two perfect be, films? What are those two perfect films? The uh, Lighthouse, the, the Witch, and the Lighthouse. I. I don't know oh, that I'd Joe say the lighthouse like is perfect, but um, but I loved the lighthouse and the witch. I, I is one of my oh, favorite yeah. movies. But, uh, Joe, but which one I mean, did if you he not stumbles, like? He stumbles. I I I like the witch. You didn't like the lighthouse? Eh, no, uh-huh. not really. I mean, it was okay. I I again I base movies on rewatchability. I will rewatch the witch. I bought it on 4K Blu-ray. I will not watch Lighthouse a second time. I loved. Or I, I can't say I love, but I really, really, really respect uh, Coming Home in the Dark. I will never, ever watch that movie again. But it will probably be in my top ten this year. Oh, it's certainly in my top ten. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I don't base anything by... I mean, certain things by rewatchability, like, you know, my personal favorite. But in terms of, like, you know, Actually, there's different ways oddly, of measuring. Oddly enough, I would rewatch... Don't come or uh, the come home. Coming in the home dark. in the dark. Yeah, I, I I would rewatch that again. Yeah, I don't think I'll ever watch that again. Have I seen that movie? 
Nope, that was okay, another yeah. one we told no, you. No, but watch. we recommended you. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. all right, all right, all right. <laughs> hey, oh, by the way, since Joe hasn't talked to us since his birthday, because we forgot his birthday, Joe, did you like Spider-Man? Yeah, I did. Okay, then we'll, fantastic. What's a, it's a horror you, podcast. Why did you give birth to that review, Mark? Yeah. Or, I, well, I, it's not like I, I just wanted. Never mind. <laughs> Mark had to hold his tongue for four straight days before he could talk to us about that. <laughs> well, I didn't want to ruin it for you. Oh, I, I saw it Sunday afternoon. His he his experience was ruined by us forgetting his birthday. <laughs> he couldn't enjoy the movie. Actually, I no, I enjoyed it quite a bit. Actually, it was very yeah. good. Yeah, yeah, my like my it. really good. It's my uh, second favorite Spider-Man movie. Your what? It's Resner. my second favorite Spider-Man movie. Your your what? Second favorite. Oh, your second favorite. Yeah. Ooh. What was your I, first? What was your first show? The one with the last one with Mysterio. I just I I was a big Mysterio fan growing up. Yeah, Mysterio is pretty badass. So I haven't seen any of the Spider Mans with Tom Holland. <laughs> no. It's a great origin story. Three movies like combined together. It's an origin story. And now we a have three movie origin story. Yes, it's a three movie origin story. But this is a Sweet horror Jesus. podcast. I... <laughs> All right. Uh... Stay on target. Stay on target. Stay on target. Loosen okay. up. I can't see him. I can't Sorry. see him. Loosen Here's... up. <laughs> Here is what I watched these last two weeks. Um, I watched a little film called Gaia, and I did enjoy this one. I, I yeah, I agree, Joe. Um, I don't know that I loved it, but. But it's an eco-horror. It reminded me a lot of In the Earth, which is another 2021 movie that you guys might want to check out. Uh, very similar. And if you do watch it, Joe, I think you'll see a lot of similarities in, in many ways. There, it's it's not you know completely similar, but there there is a lot of um, – there's like something in the air that, is, that causes you to hallucinate and, and different things like that. And so and, – and a weird kind of – survivalist sort of situation out there it it they're very similar in many ways but i liked it i thought the main girl uh can't remember um what her name was but she was really good oh monique rockman i thought she was good i thought the the two guys that she meets out there in the woods were really good and i i thought it was a pretty interesting story not it i didn't love love it but i i thought it was a good movie and those guys were so skinny Oh yeah, they were really, but that's that was very realistic because they were out oh, there, yeah. you know, surviving on whatever they could come up, come by. Yeah. Uh, so, but I did enjoy it. I thought it was pretty good. I gave it three and a half cuts. If we're still doing that, I don't know if we're still <laughs> doing that or not. But uh, it's definitely worth checking out, and it's on Hulu, so definitely an easy watch if you have Hulu. Uh, and again, that one's called Gaia. Uh, and then I watched another one that's on Hulu. That I think is, it's not horror, really, so I'm just going to mention it briefly because I do think it's good. It could, it, it has the the tease of going horror in a similar way to uh, reve- like a revenge movie sort of would be. And that was uh, Pig with Nicolas Cage. And I, I did like it. I thought it was a really, really solid, strong movie with a fantastic performance by Nicolas Cage. Uh, this the, I I think this is they're talking Academy Award maybe I don't know if it'll he'll actually get a nomination but I thought he was fantastic in it and um and it certainly is a little bit of a buzz brewing for him in that and and it would be deserved and I I loved that it it does go 
it's not what you're expecting. The trailer makes it seem like it would almost be John Wick with a pig, uh, but it's 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 not like that. It's it's definitely a much um, it's a de- way more cerebral and art kind of art house kind of take on that. That being concept. said, that is a movie I would like to see. Is John Wick with a pig? John Wick with a pig? Yeah, hey, yeah. I'm sure you'll get one. Maybe um, just call it John Pig. But I gave that one four cuts. It's not horror though, so I'll skip past it. Uh, I watched, we watched Candyman last night, the new one, and I, I am, you know, sometimes you get a movie that when it comes out in theaters and it first comes out, you don't go see it. And partly because the buzz is a bit mixed. And there were a couple movies I watched this week that I felt like I benefited from negative buzz, I heard. And one was Candyman, which I I didn't necessarily hear negative things, but I, it was sort of mixed what I was hearing. And I was didn't, mixed. I was didn't, mixed on it Candyman. Didn't, it didn't make me excited to see it, but I really, really liked it, and uh, I think it might be in my top ten this year. I really no, enjoyed it. I really? thought it was, I thought it was fantastic, and I, you know, I thought that uh, the kills were pretty good. I especially there was one kill uh, that you see from a distance that I thought was fantastic. It was one of the best kills I've seen in a really long time. Uh, so I, I really liked it. I thought it was beautifully shot uh and i i thought it did a good job of kind of you know uh i it sort of updated the carrot the the story a little bit but not in a way that went so far out like well for instance like your black christmas that (laughs) that came out in 2019 like that one updated it but in such a way that it just almost was unrecognizable but this one you it it seems like it's part of that whole story i don't remember part two Mark, do you know if this if this movie was a sequel to Part Two? It is a sequel to Part Two. It is a sequel okay. to Part Two. I really don't remember Part Two very well, so I I don't know Farewell what made it. Farewell to the flesh, yeah, yeah, um, okay. But yeah, yeah, yeah. They bring her up. Um, they bring in a a couple of references from uh, Farewell okay. to the Flesh. But what what was that kill that I'm because? Well, I don't want to well, say just because I, know, I don't want to give it, it away. But it's from a distance. It's the one from the distance that you see from the windows. I'll, I'll tell you off off the air. I just oh, don't give oh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. I know what you're talking about. The skyscraper thing. Okay, I yeah. got it. I got it. I got it. I got it. Um, and I, but I really enjoyed it. And and I I'm really this year. It's funny as I'm kind of putting because I am keeping track of my. 2021 movies on Letterboxd. Uh, I have it private now, so if you're looking for my lists, you won't be able to see it. But I'm kind of having a tough time putting my order, and I've got a. I feel like I've got a solid seven movies that I I know are going to be in my top ten, and then I've got about five or six that could take up those last three spots. You know, eight, nine, and ten. And so I, it's because there's a lot of movies this year that were good, not great. And uh, and then a few maybe good good to great ones, and there was only one for me that I just I'm like oh my god this was this was great like really great anyway um, but I, I I really like this one and it'll it'll hover in my top ten probably uh, let's see we need to do something I watched that this morning and it's. Gosh, it it's a cool concept. It's about this family that 
there's a big storm coming and you really don't see much backstory. All of a sudden, it's just this family going into a bathroom that is sort of an inner house bathroom and they're seeking shelter from a storm because there's a tornado warning in their area. And apparently they don't have a I don't know if this is happening in L.A. or what, but they don't have a basement. So they are they go to an inner house bathroom that doesn't have any windows and is is solid on the inside. And they're trying to uh, take shelter from this horrible storm that's coming. And the storm comes and they get trapped inside the bathroom. And there's something else going on outside. This one got really wild in the third act. And I really, I, and I loved the third. This is a, a rare instance where I didn't like the first two thirds very much, but the third act I really liked. And, and so, but it, it didn't, the movie didn't earn the third act that it had because the first two acts just weren't very good. And it's hard to write a script where all the characters are just in one room in a movie, you know, a play, maybe it's different, but one room in a movie, you have to have a really tight, solid script and, and have real conflict between the characters or something to chew on for the first two thirds of the movie before you get to the, you know, the climax. And this movie just didn't have a very, it it, it was kind of pulling things out of nowhere and, and it, it didn't earn the third act. It could have been really good though, I think. And it, you know, I, I can see where I know some other people might really like it. So uh, but that's called We Need to Do Something. And then the last one I watched was another one that I had heard mixed to negative things about. And I actually came in with very low expectations and wound up having a pretty good time with it. And that is M. Night Shyamalan's Old. I uh, I didn't love it, but I, and I was entertained. I, I kept hearing over and over that the ending was awful, and I didn't mind the ending. It didn't come... I I didn't, you know, it didn't feel like the village or something like that, where the ending just came and destroyed everything that came before. It made sense. What Uh, ending did you like? There was four of them. I don't know. I, I, the one that I watched, (laughs) I didn't watch. Were there alternate endings or something? No, I mean, it, it. Well, I mean, what what I'm saying is that it could have ended at one spot and then it kept going and then it ended at another spot and then it kept going. It it, it went on for like four different endings that could have just ended at one point with each of those endings. I don't know. I didn't see that. I, I felt like everything that happened after the big reveal. Um, the big reveal. I didn't. You know, I didn't see it as being multiple endings. It but, wasn't bad. It wasn't a bad film. It's not like I hated it. It's no, just. I, I, it, I, like I said, my expectations were low, so I enjoyed it. And I, it, there, obviously there are certain things that, that didn't quite really make sense. And the whole concept overall doesn't make a lot of sense. But if you're looking for something that's a little different, uh, you know, it certainly wasn't formulaic and it was, it, 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 and the other thing that I often have a problem with, with M night Shyamalan are, is his, uh, dialogue. And a lot of times his dialogue really, I just don't care for. It really comes off as M. Night Shyamalan dialogue. And this one, I, I didn't really hear a lot of his little Shyamalanisms. And I thought, you know, it, for him, it was, it was pretty good. Why are you constantly making faces while I'm trying to talk, Mark? I, what I, are I'm, you saying? 
No, I'm, it's just it, the dialogue is complete, like M. Night Shyamalan. And, <laughs> Matt's doing faces, like, I guess, apparently what I've been doing. No, no, I, I, no, because I, I'm listening to you. It's very distracting to give a review, and you're sitting there going, hmm. Making, <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Matt. Faces. I'll, I'll, I'll do what Joe does, and he just leans back, and he just goes like this. And he, I'm yeah. just sitting back listening, minding yeah, my own no, business. I'm sorry. Mark, I'm, that, I, is, that is the greatest advice. Do what Joe does. I, I'm going to do what Joe does. I'm sorry. I get into it. So like when I, when I think that's advice for all of our listeners, my opinion. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I apologize, Matt. I apologize. Hey, Matt, Matt, there was one more movie. I, I'm anxious. You said um, The Boy Behind the Door. Oh, I skipped over that. Yeah, you skipped duh. over that. Yeah, I skipped that one. Um, anyway, I, I enjoyed... that's all right. It was probably Mark was probably distracting you. Yeah, he, so did. he was just going making faces sorry. during the whole thing. Uh, yeah, I didn't no. even know I was doing that. <laughs> that's all right. Anyway, <laughs> the but I like I said, old is I I thought pretty good. Not and nothing great, but it's definitely I thought I found it entertaining. It was a different kind of concept. I was interested the whole way through. Uh, what it you know what the reveal was going to be and it it, it was okay. Um, let's see what else. The, I'm just going to cover Mark's side and I, then I can only look at Joe. <laughs> I'm um, really tempted to just start making faces at you now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, the other movie that I watched was the same one that Joe watched, The Boy Behind the Door, and. I thought this was incredibly tense. Like there, the the filmmaking on it was was really tense. And like Joe said, it's about a couple boys who are I, I don't know how old they were eleven, maybe I something guess like 12. that. Yeah. yeah, they they looked like they didn't look like teenagers yet. Uh, like just preteen maybe whatever boys and. The one boy, if you guys watch, you guys might not, but if you watch the show This Is Us, he plays the young one. Of, he plays one of the young Randalls on This Is Us, and it's about them basically just trying to escape this kidnapper who has nefarious plans for them. And I, I did think it was really, really tense, but as I was watching it. I, I kind of felt like a lot of the tension was coming from the fact that the characters were doing stupid things and making really bad decisions. Uh, both and 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 I felt like there were moments that was really hard for me to suspend bis- disbelief because uh, I, I felt like the kidnapper wouldn't have stuck around past a certain point once something certain ha- a certain thing happens. I, I felt like it, it just felt kind of forced a little bit, and then. And the reason I thought that you weren't going to like it, Joe, is because you get caught up on a lot of things that that bug you, little inconsistencies or characters making poor choices and stuff. And really, most of the tension was based on these kids making poor choices. I mean, when you think about it, really, the whole movie could have been over in about 10 minutes if that one character had just chosen to do something other than what he did. Um, But... Uh, Where's the fun in that? <laughs> exactly, but but you know, I I did feel like a lot of that tension was rely was, was dependent on on poor character choices. Uh, but having said that, I did I, I was right there with you, Joe. I, like it was tense and the kind of tension where you're kind of like I need to get up and get some water now, <laughs> kind of thing, you know. And and I think you know Michelle and I both 
pause the movie a couple times to go to the bathroom, and I think some of it was to do with the amount of tension that was there. So I did give it three and a half cuts. I think it, you know, which for me is a good is a good movie, and I did enjoy it. So I I I'm I don't know if I'm being nitpicky, but I that was a, the only problem I had. I I felt like it it went from being a movie that could have been a great great movie to me. Um, to being just a good movie, if if the characters, if some of the situations the characters got themselves into had had not been so dependent on them just making the wrong decision, like just you know just that uh, there were you know the tropes like where a character leaves a weapon next to the killer or drops something when they should have it in their hand and and be keeping track of it, you know once you get it in once you get in possession of of an item that could save you you why would you ever let it go why would you ever let it go and and that happens a lot obviously you know you, halloween delory throws the knife down those kinds of things. and those are all okay. tropes but there was like one of those things after the next you know that's that's i'm very glad you brought up that Laurie strode halloween thing because that's exactly why i loved this movie granted i was I, I don't know if I was just sucked into the two boys, the characters that that um, that I was able to look past normally the uh, those little things that bother me in a film. I got really into the film pretty quick and was able to look past that. But what I enjoyed the most was when I watched Halloween for the first time, when I watched Nightmare on Elm Street for the first time, I, I looked at that with those fresh eyes and I, I felt you know, I was all tense. I was all, you know, anxiety ridden. Like, why are you doing this? Why would you do that? Why wouldn't you pick up that knife? You know? Right. And it brought me back to that time when I saw all these horror movies for the first time. It just sort of reawakens that emotion in you. I get that. And yeah. And I just, I really enjoy, it's been a really long time before a movie or since a movie has made me that uneasy, I should say. Yeah, no, it it definitely did make me uneasy. So anybody out there who who is looking for something with that kind of tension, now I mean, there's some there were some moments in this where things could have gone to a much darker place than it oh, did, yeah. and they but they handled it uh, pretty well uh, and and avoided some of that. But but uh, it, but it 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 still was you know it's a dark subject matter what especially some of the things that were revealed in the house you know hey mark i got to watch this you should watch that yeah yeah <laughs> i'll watch it no seriously no no you guys got so we me, can uh, uh, completely see, we'll mark it down for february <laughs> what the <laughs> <laughs> All right, are we okay. done with this little merry-go-round? I'm really I, trying I to keep my facial so. expressions down right now. <laughs> uh, okay, so yeah, Joe, this was Joe's choice of movie, and I don't actually. I, I I wanted to. I have two things I need to note. First of, they're both shout-outs. First off, I want to shout out to my friend Nick for bringing this. He knows who he is for bringing Gremlins up. He's an avid listener of the show. And uh, a couple of weeks ago, uh, we were discussing, like, upcoming things. He's like, oh, you should watch Gremlins. And I'm like, well, yeah. And 
we were looking at the calendar. We're saying, well, this is going to come out on, you know, Christmas Eve day. What better Christmas horror movie is there? But, you know, the Gremlins franchise. And it has been so long since I've seen part two. So first and foremost, I just wanted to say, Nick, thank you for bringing this back to my attention. And second of all, uh, again, just a shout out to Brian, friend of the show. Oh, God. Thank you, Nick. Thank you, Nick, for actually bringing up uh, Gremlins to Joe because this was absolutely fantastic. We don't need to talk about Brian anymore. Thank you, Nick. And Brian, thank you, friend of the show, Brian. Yes, yeah. So, Joe. Yeah. uh, This brings us... Mark's singing to us. (laughs) This brings us to Gremlins, <laughs> and Mark has a gremlin that is actually singing right now into his microphone. You know what? We should just have the gremlin as the third uh, person on here from now on. He, he won't be making weird faces. Probably They're watch horrible. more movies. Probably watch more of our recommendations, too. He probably, probably would do what we ask him to do. God. And he won't make faces while we're trying to talk. I didn't know I was doing it. And oh. so, Joe, take us away on your little so, venture of gremlinism. So we we decided to watch Gremlins. A young man inadvertently breaks three very important rules concerning his new pet given to him by his father, who is an inventor. And it unleashes a horde of malevolent, mischievous monsters on a small town. And it's, you know... What what more do you need? But uh, you know, for for a recipe for a wonderful Christmas holiday movie, and I, I would, despite Corey Feldman being in this, it was a wonderful film. And I would like to point out for the record that if it wasn't for that damn Corey Feldman, none of this stuff would have happened. That's not true Corey, at all. That's completely true. No, Corey true Feldman knocked over the glass of water that got him wet. It yep. wouldn't have happened unless. Uh, uh, the second round short short round <laughs> didn't actually uh, sell uh, Mogwai to the father. None of this would have never happened. They would have been just fine no, as long as they kept Corey they, Feldman they and his terrible tree yeah. costume out of the house. They were following all the rules, but then comes along Corey Feldman. Yeah. No, no. There's there's no jumping on Corey Feldman. Let's let's get to the beginning of this story. Shall we? <laughs> we haven't even Oh man. Just just the thought of uh Gremlins and just the beginning of the Warner Brothers uh introduction. It wasn't just um it was kind of like the Looney Tunes uh uh That's beginning. part 2. Huh? That's part that's part 2. No, 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 no. No, I'm not talking about uh Bugs Bunny and uh Daffy oh. Duck. Just Da, 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 da. Uh, God, how does? I don't know. It, it was more like uplifting than some of the Warner Brothers like introductions like happened. Correct? Okay. Okay. Anyways, the, Wait, I don't. I'm not sure what you mean. Do you mean like when the Warner Brothers logo comes onto the screen yeah, at the beginning? Yeah, exactly. Uh, it was. It was more like cheerful. It, it wasn't just like the, dun, and then that was it. It, it was more of a happy-go-lucky uh, Warner Brothers that we're you didn't really gonna see. we're really gonna spend time talking about how the Warner Brothers logo appears well, yeah, on the screen. I, we have a whole movie to down. discuss. 
It was it was it was, it was the first thing I wrote down. It was it was just a great. What, you know, what's the, what's the time stamp on that? It, how did the Netflix logo look? Was that okay? <laughs> it, it, was it thirteen seconds in? Was that it when you, you yeah. took note? All right, all right, I, all right. I'm gonna let you guys take this for a little bit, okay? Okay. I I did like the Ricky Rialto Indiana Jones uh, intro. Yeah. That was a nice little play on the billboard with him dressed. The local radio DJ dresses Indiana Jones. Yeah. Considering Spielberg was an executive producer. Yeah. Um, I did find out that the set of the town is the same set uh, from Back to the Future. And Monster Squad. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh. Oh, yeah, that's that's right. Yeah, yeah. The Burger King. The Burger yeah. King. <laughs> yeah, that was nice product placement. Um, hey, on, on the night that the Gremlins actually ate when they wound back the clock to... To fool Billy, eleven uh eleven thirty no something was, like that no it was uh, eleven twenty four. Okay, uh, he goes to get him some food. Who's got like fifteen chicken legs on a platter as leftovers? That just seemed that like that's not leftovers. That's like dinner, you know. Like somebody just didn't eat. Well, I had a question. Why doesn't snow cause them to reproduce? I also wanted to know why do Mogwais have red blood, but once they turn into gremlins, they're they have green blood. Because they transformed. <laughs> but their bl- color of their blood changes. I guess they mutate. Well, sure, yeah, they mute they mutate. So, anyways, this film is directed by Joe Dante, <laughs> who also directed Piranha and The Halloween. Correct. The The Howling, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So no, like, no. Wait, was it the howling? The howling. Or the ho- the ho- the, the howling. howling. Is that did you the howling? The howling. <laughs> howling. Yeah, the howling. The, the Halloween. Halloween. Yeah. The Halloween. How did that Warner Brothers logo come in? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. This is one of our one of our. Best. How, how is this happening already? Um. Yes, he did direct the howling and. <laughs> And also, what was the other one you mentioned? Piranha. Piranha. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, right. yeah. Yeah, he directed a Piranha. Uh, James Cameron directed a Piranha too. Uh, and Mogwai also means uh, devil in Chinese. Really? Yeah. 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 Yeah, and I think it means something else in Cantonese too. What does it mean in Cantonese? I I I got to look it up. Piscati. <laughs> Possibly. Did you feed him after midnight, Joe? <laughs> yeah, but um, I, I I think it's fascinating that uh, Chris Columbus, who uh, wrote this in uh, college, um, wrote Gremlins, uh, and it was like a hard-arted, uh, rated R movie. And um, uh, he even uh, wrote the script uh, before uh, Steven Spielberg uh, even got a hand on it. And uh, like, he had Billy's mom's head rolling down the stairs at one part. Uh, the gremlins uh, went into McDonald's, believe it or not, and ate the people instead of all the food. And then uh, Steven Spielberg uh, uh, read the script, um, and uh, he was like probably like, well, he was at a point of his life because he just got done with uh, Temple of Doom, correct? 
Well, it, they came out, I think Temple of Doom came out 84 and Gremlins came out 84. Yeah, 84, so, but, yeah. But, yeah, this was that period where, where he was kind of getting other people to direct things and he was kind of shadow directing with people a little bit. I don't think he did it as much on this, but I think Poltergeist came out this same year, if I'm not mistaken. Was it also 94, no, 84? I think, I think Poltergeist 80, was 83. 83. But, it, I mean, the same time period. They're probably right. overlapping, and there were a lot of movies. In fact, I sent you guys a list of, of movies that came out in, in 1984, it's and it's insane. Crazy. Uh, but yeah, this movie... Crazy. I, this movie came out the same day as Ghostbusters. Did it really? Yeah. Yep. Ghostbusters, wow. Temple of Doom, Amadeus. Mm-hmm. I mean, th- this was a crazy year for, for films. It was amazing. And the 1984 Olympics were held in Los Angeles this year. And Mary Lou Retton won the all-round gold in the gymnastics. She was so cute. <laughs> <laughs> that Bob haircut. But yeah, 1984 was this insane year for movies. Uh, A Nightmare on Elm Street came out in 1984. I mean, there were just so many like movies that have gone on to be these these classic films. And guess what was the number two movie of all of those at the box office? What? Gremlins. It was it was the number two. Yeah. What was the number one? Uh, the Ghostbusters. I, I believe it was uh, Indiana Amadeus? Jones. I think. No, Amadeus was won the Academy Award. Won that the Academy year, Award, yeah. But but I believe it was uh it was Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, then Gremlins, then Ghostbusters, I think. But what was going on with Steven Spielberg like in nineteen eighty three? Well, he was going through a divorce, right, with George Lucas while they were filming Indiana Jones and Temple of Doom. I mean, this guy him and George Lucas were basically just smitten, upset, going to do a divorce. Their wives are sucking like siphons, like money out of their bank account. And they were like smitten? upset, oh. I guess. Sorry, and, sorry, sorry. I made a mistake. Uh, it was the number three movie. Ghostbusters was number one. Indiana Jones and then Temple of Doom to Gremlins three. Then the listen to this list. The Karate Kid, four. Hell yeah. Police Academy was five. Footloose was six, which I thought <laughs> Footloose was earlier than that. Uh, Beverly Hills Cop. Wow. Star Trek Three: The Search for Spock. Terms of Endearment. Romancing the Stone. Splash. Purple Rain. Uh, the Natural. Oh. Revenge of the Nerds. Breaking. Yes. Breaking. Come ba- on. Bachelor Party. Red Dawn. Oh Red Ter- Dawn? The Terminator. Friday the 13th, the final chapter. Conan the Destroyer. Silkwood. Can- Cannonball Run 2. <laughs> oh, oh, with no. Jackie Chan. <laughs> Scarface. Yeah, Scarface it, was 1984. It might have been a re-release. I don't know. It had I, to have been a re-release. I mean, it was. It was listed as the number 32. God, no movie wonder though. I can't remember the year 1984 because I spent most of it. I'm sure watching in the movie movies. Theater. Yeah, in, in yeah. The movie theaters. Six, yeah. And it, you know what the 37th movie that year was? Sixteen Candles. <laughs> wow. Oh. You know, 
Yeah, it Speaking wasn't, of which, actually, Scarface wasn't a re-release because they have listed the Jungle Book and it says re-release. Uh, yeah, no, this is this was an incredible year for movies. You know, speaking of which, if my parents had forgotten my birthday in 1984, I would have forgiven them just because there's so many movies. Oh, yeah, no. Them. Sorry, yeah. we forgot your birthday. We were watching <laughs> movies that year. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway. Just like sorry. Molly Ringwald. Sorry, we need to get back to Gremlins. Uh, I, I, I mean, obviously this is a classic film. I, I enjoyed it when I first saw it. I didn't remember part two very well, but... Um, I didn't either. I, I mean, I, I, I know I saw it, but I just didn't remember it at all. And I had a lot of fun with part two. But, you know, if we're still on part one, I thought that. Oh, I'm all locked and loaded for part two. OK. Yeah. Well, I mean. Well, Gremlins is a Norman Rockwell movie with a huge twist to it. You know, I, I mean, you just have the the music, you know, swelling up at the beginning. Yeah. You see the Steven Spielberg, you see the Indiana Jones uh, billboard right there. And I I remember, like, I watched it uh, that night when Joe, you know, announced, hey, we're going to do Gremlins. I went straight to the TV and I started watching it because I haven't, I, I hadn't watched it in over, like, probably 20 years. And I just started getting giddy. My, my uh, face was just smiling and I was just, like, over myself, like watching this, I text uh, the Cinescare text, and <laughs> yeah, thanks, Joe. And and Joe's like, calm down, relax, it's okay. But I was, I'm, I'm just like over the moon. I mean, there's there's so many 80s. Um, am I speaking too loud, Joe? No, I just uh, don't worry oh, about me. Okay, I'm fine. Yeah, um, yeah, I, I, I'm just like over the moon, just like watching it. I mean, we got Phoebe Cates for crying out loud. Oh, what a dish! Yeah, that what? was that was one thing that the one comment I had is she just didn't have enough to do in either of these movies. I think they gave her a little bit more no. in part two, but I feel like part one she disappeared for long stretches of the movie, and she she's fantastic. Like and the only thing I didn't like about her character was uh, at the bar scene at the end, she just kept feeding the gremlins cigarettes and alcohol instead of just leaving. Well, what is you she know? supposed to do? I mean, I just mean, she's walk got like a hundred gremlins stop, there. Stop serve serving. Them. Stop I, I feel serving. Like it's not like they're paying. I feel like they didn't know what to do with her character, so they had to do something. And, and it was obvious that she, like I said, she disappeared for long stretches of the movie. I think we all agreed, though, we wanted more Phoebe Cates in both oh, of these Phoebe movies. Cates, yes, man. yes. Yeah. Fast Times Richmond High. Just, just her in the... Uh, in the swimming pool, just and she like comes up and she, like yeah, we, got, we've, like, seen, the, we've seen focus, the, Mark, focus. I like the yeah. water, and then she yeah, comes we, up, and yeah. then like there's that music just going. Dun, 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 so we on to part dun, two now? Dun, dun, yeah, so let's move on to part two. Uh, yeah. She's like, she's can we like, mute him? She's going. Hi, this just in. Fan, Mark. Mark died. What? <laughs> Nothing. So part two was definitely exceeding my expectations. I was just like, Matt, I didn't remember really seeing this movie. At least it didn't stick in my brain. Now I can't get it out of it. This is this is one of those rare instances, yeah. again, where the sequel outshines the original, I in agree. my opinion. Yeah, this I is agree. This is Empire Strikes Back to the Star Wars, you know. This is Godfather 2. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. I, I really, like, while I was watching it, I was like, this is so much more fun than the first one. And and 
I, you know, the, the gremlins that they had in it were crazy. And they could have just gone with the same formula, which, I mean, obviously it kind of is the same formula. They, they have Gizmo somehow again. And, you know, there was, there was a whole and, and reproduces and then they eat too late. So it's a basic concept, but they went off the rails on this one. Like they just, they just went, they took big swings. Hulk Hogan. I mean, my God, Hulk Hogan shows up. Hulk Hogan breaking the fourth wall. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's not breaking the the fourth wall. That's breaking the fifth wall because it's basically you're watching the movie and then it, you know, the film like, you know, dissolves. I mean, ruining your experience and that's actually breaking the fifth wall, not just staring at you. Right, because they're commenting on the fact that the movie is happening. He's not in the movie. That's the fifth wall. in a movie theater watching the same movie we're watching. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Hey, brothers. I got to admire the restraint of the directors because there were so many opportunities that I just wanted them, like, something would happen in the background and I would just want to, like, well, wait, let's go down that road. Like, for example, at the beginning of the movie, they're going by a police station that has, like, a paddy wagon where they're emptying out a bunch of mimes that they just arrested. I wanted to see that movie. Like, yeah. what what did these mimes do that they got arrested? I want to see this, too. Yeah. Nope, we got to steer the camera back down up to Clamp Towers or whatever it was. Yeah, yeah and obviously that Clamp guy is Donald Trump. You know, because at this it time, is. Donald Trump was, was it was becoming on the scene. His mo- his book came out, that one, The Art of the Deal and, and all of this. So he's obviously, I think it's sort of a combination of Trump and the name Clamp even sounds like Trump. But also, Ted, there's a little Ted Turner in there, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Because, oh, yeah. Yeah. With the color switching with the films. And yeah. And what was the other? Oh, he has a news network and, and, and all of that. Too, and his own channel. So there, it was sort of a combination of Trump and and Ted Turner, I think. But uh, it, yeah, everything. It was just a good movie. I I laughed and had a great time watching it. I was like, I, I didn't remember enjoying it that much. And I and I question whether I actually saw it before, if I actually saw the whole thing, because it was. I I really enjoyed it. It was it was a lot of fun, and I liked it better than the first one. I mean, let, let's look at this. We've got an all star cast. Uh, Howie Mandel was the voice of Gizmo. Tony right. Randall was the voice of the Brain Gremlin. Fantastic you've got Phoebe voice, Cates. Uh, you've got Robert Prosky. Uh, you've got Christopher Lee. You've got, uh, where are we? Um, Dick Butkus, Bubba Smith. And Dick, Dick Butkus and Bubba barely... Smith. <laughs> yeah, they're Wait. at a salad bar. Could you have picked a worse place to put Dick Butkus? Right. And And Bubba Smith. And, and wait, wait, where was it. Bubba Smith? He was right behind. He him. was standing behind Dick Buckus at the at the. There had to have been oh. some scenes with them that got cut, maybe or something, because I'm like, this just randomly there in that part of the movie that it was just a. I mean, you, you if you blinked, you'd miss him. Uh, John Aston, Hulk Hogan, yeah. as we mentioned, Henry Gibson, Leonard Moulton. Leonard Moulton's in this movie. Yeah, well, he was in that, he, he was in that movie because he gave Gremlins a horrible review. Right. Yeah. yeah. And so oh. like, he actually came back, which I lost a lot of respect actually when I saw him, like where he's in Gremlins too. He's like, oh, I'm sorry, and all that. It's like, man, stick to re- to your review. Actually, um, you know that whole scene. Speaking of the Hulk Hogan part, where the woman comes out of the theater to complain 
to the theater owner. That was yeah. actually based on what an actual occurrence that had happened in the first Gremlins. Some woman yanked her daughter out of the showing of the first Gremlins to complain about it, about how brutal and, and savage it was. Yeah, I remember the news at the time. Them they did talk about the fact that it was for for a uh, a, a movie geared toward younger audiences. I, I don't know if they'd call it a they kids ruined. movie, but it was. But it was definitely a brutal, pretty violent film for for the age group that it was going after. And I think this was around the time when they were pushing for a PG thirteen to be added to the rating systems because it right. was it was Raiders, it was Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, Doom got, and this and this. They both were not quite R, but probably more intense than PG. And so then that was not long after this PG thirteen became a thing. Which which is actually amazing because in 1984, Red Dawn came out, and that's the first PG-13 movie that ever came out. Right. Right. Yeah. But, I mean, honestly, if you think about it, like Gremlins, the original Gremlins, I mean, talking about ruining some experience for children, saying there is no Santa Claus, <laughs> because Phoebe Cates, you know, father was in the chimney, snapped his neck, and then... Phoebe Case is doing that whole story of why she doesn't like Christmas. He's going, oh, and then I start smelling something. And she's smelling a rotting, her father's rotting corpse. I mean, just imagine, like, kids our age when we were at, at that age, like, listening to that. I mean, because it, it kind of messed me up a little bit watching that. Yeah. I mean, it was, so that's you know, what happened to you? <laughs> well, yeah, kind of. <laughs> Gremlins messed him up. Yeah. Um, I, I do want to point out that uh, in Gremlins Part 2, there are two 16 Candles cameos yes, in there. Yes, there is. There was uh, Haviland Morris, who played Marla Bloodstone in 16 Candles. She was the, the blonde girl that gets her hair cut, cut in the door, and they cut off her hair, and oh, Anthony yeah. Michael Hall drives her home the next day. And then, of course, Long Duck Dong was uh was in this movie as well yeah and then as we were discussing earlier there's also two breaking bad uh alumni from there the guy that plays tuco is a messenger earlier in the film and then um dean norris who is the fbi guy in breaking bad plays a swat team leader in the, bro the well. brother-in-law of, of yes yeah of uh what's his name heisenberg um yeah and well the other one was mike hank well, the other one in the first one, there's first another one. Breaking Bad, Bad uh, character, and that was the guy who played Mike in Breaking Bad. The guy who worked, I think he kind of worked for Saul, right? Didn't he work for Saul originally? Yeah. Yep. And then also kind of worked for the, I can't remember the other big boss guy that had the um, the Mex chain of Mexican restaurants. Um, anyway. His, Sal Salmanaca or... Sal, yeah, something like that. Anyway, Salmonite, he played uh, yeah. Mike. He was in. He was one of the cops in the first one. So, mm -hmm. yeah. I I want to point out I was a huge fan of the flying gremlin, especially when he broke out of the lab and formed the perfect bat symbol. Yeah, <laughs> and then Warner eventually Brothers. turned into the uh, yeah. the, uh, the gargoyle. The gargoyle, yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, this is and I, I also loved in the lab how there were jars of acid that are labeled "Do not throw in face." <laughs> <laughs> the fan yeah. of the opera. <laughs> yeah, 
And Christopher Lee loved this movie, by the way. He, he loved he, it. He, he thought it was like one of his best performances or best movies that he was in. But he wanted... He wanted to ham it up, and Joe and Joe Dante like was saying, no, 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 like, you know, like keep it back, keep it back, because I guess Christopher Lee was enjoying like filming this so much, he just yeah. wanted to go all out. Yeah, which is rare because Christopher Lee, I don't think liked filming anything, but the I loved the the intelligent. Gremlin, he was cracking me up with the glasses. Tony Randall's yeah, voice, t- yeah, yeah, that was really. I funny. love the. I love the elevator scene <laughs> with Phoebe Cates. <laughs> that was wonderful. I was I, I'm a huge fan of any film that has a Wilhelm scream in it. This one, of course, did not disappoint. <gasps> yeah. Yep. Yeah. No. I I, so I really I enjoyed it. Was yeah, and it was meta before. Like we're used to meta now, especially after Scream. Scream kind of brought that out a big time in the nineties. And then there were tons of meta movies after that, but this was really one of the, I don't know if it was the first, but it was, it was one of the first, like just full on meta films. Well, just, just think about like, they're talking about the building itself. It's a smart building. You know, you have smartphones. I mean, this film was way ahead of its time, not even trying to be ahead of its time. Yeah, no, it was great. I, I dare say it's near a perfect film. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I go that far, but the spider <laughs> gremlin's great. The spider gremlin's great with the yeah. with the web. The girl gremlin. Yeah. With the, the girl gremlin. Uh, oh god, yeah. the girl is hilarious. Oh, the end of the the end of the movie, the cut scene where Forrester takes that female gremlin to Pound Town. I mean, oh, yeah. I can see why they cut that out. Yeah. <laughs> you had to buy the VHS to see that. Yeah. <laughs> Ah, so anything else about Gremlins? Well, um, it, can can we just like I'm talk sure about Mark's the mom got something scene? To say. The the mom scene in in the original Gremlins when she goes into uh, the kitchen and she just goes on a massacre uh, killing spree with these <laughs> Gremlins. Yeah. yeah, that was a blender. I mean, I mean yeah. it's, it 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 went from like a four to a ten. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the mom scene. I mean, she kills one in a blender. Uh, she uh, kills one with a knife, like Michael Myers and uh, Norman Bates on the on the counter. I mean, just imagining, you know, kids watching this. Was there happen. a microwave? Yeah. Oh, yeah, there's the a microwave scene. Yeah. yeah. And you can see the pain of the gremlin just like starting to blow up and like expand. What a great great scene. And then with, with the Christmas uh, uh, tree falling down on her and she's like trying to stab the gremlin with both knives. What? It's, it's just such a hard rated R scene. You know, I, I've often wondered in the conclusion of this film, when they decide to take all of the gremlins and trap them into a movie theater and light the theater on fire. My theory is that that's where Quentin Tarantino came up with his ending for inglorious bastards. If he didn't rip that off, I don't know how he come up with that. So, oh, yeah. good show. Yeah, could be. Yeah. Well, watch. There'll be an article in Variety in like a couple of weeks, where yeah. Quentin Tarantino finally admits to. Yeah. <laughs> I, I base this completely on Gremlins. He's got yeah. one movie left, Tarantino. He's got one movie left. He does. All right. Well, 
have we plowed through Gremlins? Anybody have anything else to say about it? Uh, don't get them wet. Don't feed them after yeah, midnight. Don't feed them after don't midnight. Poke them, don't poke them in the eyes. It's a very enjoyable couple of movies. I'm kind of surprised they never did a third one, but I, you know, maybe the second one just didn't do as well as they were expecting. It took them a while to even get the second one out, but... Yeah, and this is one that I hope nobody digs up out of the closet and says, oh, let's do this again, but do it all with CG. I will be shocked if they don't. They're going to... Warner Brothers is making an animated uh, series to test the audience and uh, make kids aware. And then um, there's already... uh, Chris Columbus has already uh, uh, made up a draft of a script for Gremlins 3. Yeah. Yeah, it's happening. It's happening. Yeah, I know. I'm sure they will. I mean, if they've they've brought back just keep the CGI so many out of it, please. Yeah, please. I hope so too. I would hope that they would stick with the original practical effects and everything. So yeah. Uh, well, next time we have uh, well, it, our the next choice is Marks, but uh, he's going to have to be postponed because next time we are doing uh, each of our top ten films of the year. So we've got two weeks to catch up on anything we haven't seen, which I think, I mean, based on what you guys have, have talked about, there are still a good handful of films that I haven't seen yet that came out this year. And I believe there's still a couple yet to come out, maybe one or two that haven't, that are coming out like just before Christmas or whatever this weekend, maybe I'm not, I'm not sure, but at, at any rate, there I know there's at least a handful of films that uh, I'll watch before the new year. And so in two weeks, we will give you our top ten films in our own orders. And I'm sure our lists will be... I'm sure there'll be some overlap, but we'll also have our own that we like and that others didn't like as much or whatever. But... So that'll make it nice. It would really suck if we all had the exact same movies yep. on our list. We all, all three like lists are identical. Expressions to myself. Yeah. <laughs> well, my number one movie. Me? 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 Mark should what? mask up for the next episode. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah. I wish I had one of those eyeballs on his screen. God, God, yeah. We don't have one. I don't know what that all is. right. Well. That is it for this time, and hey, this is coming out on Christmas Eve. I, 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 we got so caught up in the whole Joe birthday debacle that I forgot to mention that that this is Christmas Eve, actually, Joe. Did you yes, know? it is. And did you yep. know that Christmas Eve is the night before Christmas? That's what Christmas Eve means. Exactly. Yes. And I'm just asking if you knew. And oh yeah. And so we wish all of our listeners a very happy Christmas. Please, please, uh, we have a really good little Facebook group that you can join if you are a listener. It is Cinescare Horror Fans, I believe is what it's called. And you can join on that and join the discussion uh, with our other listeners. And and we're on there quite a bit ourselves. Also, Mark Piscati, the super fan, he runs our Twitter feed. So if you are more of a Twitterati, then you will want to uh, follow our Twitter, Cinescare. And it's just called... And I'll talk to you. I'll it's just talk to you. at Cinescare, right? On, on Twitter, is that what it is? Yes. Our, our thing. So go on there, and we can keep the discussion going or bring up topics, and, and it's a friendly place for people to talk about their love of horror films. So 
Until next time, we will see you later. Merry Christmas, everybody. Happy birthday, Joe. It's like, you bastard. It's like, why do you tell me to watch this movie? I didn't know I was doing it. All right.